Yo, 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 welcome to JavaScript Jam. <laughs> We're live right here, right now at Render ATL, looking over the city. It's dope. Beautiful, uh, beautiful view. Yes, sitting here with our boy Dom. Dom, yep. Dom, 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 Dom. Totally. All right. I am Scott Sandlung, and this is, uh, I am a technical community manager at Edgeo and co-host of this here podcast, JavaScript Jam. And I am Anthony Campola, developer advocate at Edgeo. Yeah. And you are? Uh, the last time I checked, I'm unsure, so this may be something I, I circle back on later. Uh, Demetrius Clark, uh, head of developer experience at Zeta. Nice. Or Zeta, if you say data and data differently. Yeah. You know, that's kind of interesting. That's I, what it is. That's every awesome. time, data? every time someone asks me, I'm like, which one do you use, data or data? And they're like, oh, this. And I'm like, that's it. That I've just been wondering what the name meant, period. Because <laughs> it's like, I think for a while they were even branding like as, as a Zeta base. Oh. And then they dropped the base. Well, that's probably just, okay. <laughs> they <Zeta>. dropped the base? <laughs> oh. <laughs> do, 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 do. Right. Drop it. Drop, drop the, the base. Drop the base. <laughs> Yeah. We would be terrible DJs. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> but great radio hosts. Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Don't put me on some mixers. Yeah. I could pick good songs, but that's like probably all you get from me. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Birds flying high. Ooh. Okay. Oh, yeah. Are you a singer or are you a DJ? Um, mixture. What aren't you? <laughs> what aren't you? I've been like really impressed mm. by your range. Oh, thank you. Of course. Appreciate that. Anytime. All right. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited, uh, to be sitting here today. This has been a long time coming. Yeah. We've talked been. about, we've seen each other at so many conferences. Yeah, I've and talked been, to you where you've been working at like three separate companies. <laughs> three separate companies. <laughs> and every time you're like, oh, when are we going to get a JavaScript jam on it? Let's do something. Let's do something. Yep. 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 So I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, man. Cool. So, um, yeah. Well, what are you doing at render, man? Um, so I was actually, I was at the first render, um, and I just like, for me, so I, I've been an event runner before. I ran React Adelphia for, for a good three years, and uh, we're actually spinning that back up this year, so I'm really excited. Oh, that's, and that's cool. I'm so I'm so claim to fame for I'm a while. So, well, that's like I, I tell people all the time, like that, everybody always asks, like, you know, what, what led to people, like, getting to know you? Um, and it was just really being, like, super involved in my local community, like Philly. So I'm from Philadelphia, um, South Jersey, but you're basically a diet Philadelphian when you live in South Jersey. Um, <laughs> And like for me, you know, everybody overlooks Philly for New York, right? It's easy. That's where big tech happens in, in the East Coast. And uh, I just realized there were so many talented folks around me when I was coming up uh, like seven years ago. And I really wanted to I really wanted to put their voices into the rest of the development ecosystem because I started to get involved in like the broader community, the Twitter community. And I realized just how like like Philly really keeps to itself. And, and you know, to a point, I like that. But it's also like. I want other people to see how talented Philly was. And I also wanted to show people inside of Philly that there was so much opportunity outside of Philly for Philadelphians. Um, so I built React Adelphia. And for me, that was where I started to like decide who I wanted to be in my career. Like a, a lot of people always try to figure out, you know, what in, in the time that I spend doing the thing that I'm doing, what, what is my outcome and, and what do I want it to be? For me, it was like, let's get people jobs. Like, I am a career transitioner, a boot camp graduate. Were you already at Cloudinary when you started that? Or was that nah, beforehand? Yeah, that was before. So actually... Is that kind um, of parlay that into that job? So my... Well, it's... it's My first job ever was at a, a small three-person company named Red Queen. Like, walk, worked out of my boss's house in his office. Uh, and so 
for me, I started really like in the front end developer space and I didn't really have like a huge like following and any of that. And then at Red Queen, I built a small meetup because we were a like we built a React tooling SDK for uh, second screen applications for video games. So basically we would take like game data and if you're a gamer, there's an application called Overwolf, which is like an overlay on your game. Mm. We were second screen apps. Um, so I did that for a while, and I told them when I first got, when they first were looking for a, uh, a senior engineer for their first hire, I like DM'd the, the manager, and I was like, hey, look, like, I'm not that. I'm no, like, this will be my first job, but I can come and like, I know how to build communities. I'd been building communities my whole life, like gaming communities and stuff like that. So I knew. I knew how to gather people around a, a topic and a subject. That's probably why you're already hip on discords. Oh, it's a whole, it's, it, it, it is weird how much of the stuff that you do, like I, people all the time, especially when I was first starting out of my boot camp, they were like, take retail off of your, your resume. It has nothing to do with anything. Mm. Retail is a hundred percent why I am where I am right now. Yeah. It's not because I, you know, sat in retail and I, you know, I, I sold things. It's cause, and I was a little bit different. I loved building relationships with my customers. I worked at Vans for a few years mm -hmm. and like people would bring me like dinner. Like my customers awesome. would bring in like f extended family to spend hundreds of dollars because they were like, I love <laughs> just sitting guy. and talking. Well, cause I'm also not going to let you buy some BS. Like I, I don't, mm. if your shoes look like crap, I'm going to tell you, don't buy those. Those don't look good on you. Buy these. This is what you would like. And, yeah. um, so I kind of, like I said, I, for me that it builds you, it, everything that you have done builds you and you can't get rid of it. You can't escape it. So use it as a driving force. Hell yeah, dude. No. And that's, see, that's a great thing though, that you have the ability to recognize that and yeah. see where it does help you because a lot of people actually have a trouble yeah. connecting the dots. Like, you know, everybody says like, okay, try and use your background to, to show the benefits of how, you know, how you're going to be a valuable, you know, an asset yeah. to, in your current, in your future role here. And a lot of people can't really put their thumb on it, like what that looks like. Whereas you're just like spitting it out. Like, yeah. I think it's a, a lot to do with like self-confidence. I, I would say that I think a lot yeah. of the thing that drives me is my ability to like, I've never really, <laughs> can I curse on this? Sure. I've never really given a shit what people thinking about think about me. Like I, I yeah. Am, some people are they're ashamed of like, oh, I did this kind of. And it's fair. Like I, I don't think I like, don't think nah. everybody should be how I am. Like I don't. Not everybody needs to be this like fully confident person to make it in tech. Mm -hmm. But I do think that there is a a time that you have to sit and and think about like look at anybody successful in their life. They all didn't start that way. And you know everybody like the corny influencers online right always are like, well, Oprah didn't get her start until she was in her forties or something. And it's like, <laughs> but that's true. Like yeah. it's corny and it's. I, know. I think the worst things about life are <laughs> the corny that. things are true, right? I said that in a podcast, like a couple podcasts. Well, ago. dude, it's like, and it's like, <laughs> it's, scary. yeah, you did. It's hard. It's hard for people to like fathom that that's like real advice. But like at the end of the day, you know, I just turned 30 uh, in April and you know, everybody, 30, 30? There, there's people right that where it's like, are you a baby still or are you older? Like what, what does that look like? And I think to get to here now, it's like, I, I went through a lot of BS in my life and I, I look back at it all and it made a hundred percent of, of why forged I am you. Yeah, mm -hmm. for, it forged you. It forged me into <laughs> the man I have become today. <laughs> yes. um, but yeah, we, we were, we were off track. The, the, the big thing I, I started the, a meetup at, at Red Queen uh, called RQ React and I was just teaching people React. It was like 10 people a month. I wrote a workshop every month for a year. That's awesome. Um, while I was doing my work as That's a amazing experience developer. and do well. So I learned how early, like, Teaching people teaches you. Oh, hell yeah. Because oh, you start yeah. to think outside of your own, like, ideology of, of, of how to learn things. It so solidifies I built, it. 
it, too. Well, it also like it makes you because you I learn a very specific way. Yeah. I shout out to Tyler McGinnis. Without Tyler McGinnis, I wouldn't have learned React as fast as I did. Okay. One, one of the best React educators. Well, dude, it took stop. me. It, when he, but Why? Th- and this is before. What's different? Uh, I don't know. I think he's a person that I would hang out with. And okay. so like, and it, it, it's funny. I, so I took Tyler McGinnis. So he was courses. relatable. He was relatable for me. Right. Not for everybody. Exactly. For me. I, right. And I, t- dude, I was on, you know what I mean? I was a Udemy fiend. I was buying them 1099 courses like you couldn't tell me to stop. <laughs> um, dude, there's a settlement now because of Udemy. You know how they used to do that thing where they would have courses like 150 bucks and then randomly they would be like $10. And they wouldn't even tell you as a creator yeah, that dude, they, they were going to do sued. that. Yeah, dude, they got sued. A whole bunch of people are getting payouts. Yeah, as they, as they should. Well, so uh, another person who I like to accredit my career success to uh, Andrew Mead, and he is strictly on Udemy. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the most successful React teachers on Udemy. Yeah, he has some great courses. An absolute spectacular shout out to you, Andrew. You're one of my good homies. Absolutely spectacular guy. I, I reached out to him uh, after I'd taken like two of his courses, and I was like, yo, dude, like, just want to let you know like, how much of an impact you've made on me. Yeah. And he was like, are you in Philly? I was like, yeah. He's like, do you want to get a beer? Oh, I was like, nice. I so badly, yeah. <laughs> yes, and, and so like we've been we've been friends ever since. And oh, Tyler actually, know he was in Philly at the time when you reached out. I saw that he was like he had Philadelphia in his body. But again, like I was such a noob at the time that I was like, nobody wants to come and meet right, right, me. Right. What the hell? Like, yeah, I bet what do I got cool. to teach you? Like, you know, I, I have no experience yet. But yeah, he reached out to me and was super cool. Tyler, the same. I'd reach out to him and like thanked him. And that was a big thing in the early career for me was like I because of that confidence. Dude, I was messaging every. I love doing that too. Kent Dodds, yeah. Also shout out. Uh, back early in my career, they were like they wanted me to write tests. We didn't have any tests for our front end at, at Red Queen yet, um, and I was lost, dude. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm. Um, we didn't have like an education budget. We were like super, super small mm-hmm. uh, startup, and so I reached out to Kent and I was like, "Hey, man, like you're you're never teach me the trophy." Well, dude, I was like, "You're never gonna." And this is before he even had like testing JavaScript and all mm-hmm. of like yeah, the, yeah. the big courses. Yep. I was like, "Hey, man, like um." You're probably never going to see this, but like if there's any advice that you could give me to, to get started, like I just really don't even know where to start. This man sent me a full on like book response, as you would believe Kent would do, <laughs> yeah. and and hit me with like, do this, this, this and this. And when you're done, come back to me and I'll give you the next steps and we'll keep kind of going back and forth with each other. So mm, uh, nice. side side cut advice. Never be afraid to reach out. to. Yes. First of all, these high follower developers that everybody looks at and is like, oh, my God, like mm-hmm. they're never going to talk to me. They're regular People, people. <laughs> yeah. They started at zero followers one yeah, day. They started, and your following count means absolutely nothing. Yeah. And here's the thing: treat them like real people. Treat them like real people, man. <laughs> like especially when you yeah. see them in person. Like don't, yeah. don't. It feels weird for some. You know what? This is. It. I'm gonna get spicy here. Uh oh. Um, this is why too? I think a lot of people have disrespect for developer advocates today. Uh, it's because I think that. There is a level of grift that has arrived to build the followings that have come to fruition now. And because of that, they want to be treated like royalty. And so they make you treat them that way. And so then you go and you meet the kind of like OGs of the space who have built their following just because of consistent movement. And and then you think that they want you to treat them that way. And they're like, please do not. I am a regular dude (laughs) or a regular woman. First show up into the space, you'll, you'll see this whole swath of people and it'll be hard to know who are the grifters and who aren't. Yeah. Yeah. Once you're around for a couple of years, then you kind of get a sense. You actually actually meet these people. No, but I mean like when you first start and first of all, I, if I were just starting, I wouldn't give a single shit. I would, if you're a grifter or not, like if, if you, 
you yeah. gave me any of sure. your time, I'm in. Like, Thankful. and I and yeah. I, t- I so understand. That's well, why they did I give you their time. I think they wouldn't be a grifter then, like by default, mm, maybe. But they, but I don't know. It's like it's like sometimes even if they, they give you their face, time. It's like well, they do, and then they'll be like, well, you know, oh, you could, do the, or you could buy my course on this. And it's like it's but always I consider a, that a legitimate response. It's then. always like a funnel, right? Like for for them. So like it's like they'll respond, but then three messages in get you to the funnel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, and I, you know, and I, yeah. no, no shade to like how you build your career, but sure. don't, don't put that into a position where everybody thinks that 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 is the only way to to grow. I mean, mm. you know, not to toot my own horn, I, I think a, a ton of people in the space at least know who I am or or, or sure. what I do, and go look at my Twitter. I have like three thousand followers. Like, I don't, I don't bump up my numbers. I don't ever care to like, you'll never see me doing like, check the thread below to see 573. Check the thread below to see how Demetrius made it to stardom. (laughs) You're, you're never going to see that. And it's not because like, I don't want to grow. I want to grow, but I want to grow with like relationships. Yes. And I, I I mean, I think sharing that authentically and just being you sure in a thread is, is would be dope is a, yeah, is a part of it. Right. Sure. Why not? I don't know. Um, It looks like with the react Delphia one, even that that's got like 300 followers mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. it's like you probably weren't even trying necessarily to optimize facts you're like i'm gonna go out and i'm gonna find the people on the streets how do i get well so reacted elfie was interesting because reacted elfie so i went from rq react to reacted elfie which actually got me my second job at guru so i was at guru for like six to eight months or a knowledge management yeah so where uh where uh homer works g-e-r-u G-U-R-U. G-U-R-U. Okay. Guru so and, yeah, it's in it's in Philly. Uh, multiple gurus. There it's, are. It's almost, it's like if you were to take Notion and just make it specifically like a database for your company that has yeah. no external like way to, to it's it's strictly for onboarding and, and things of that nature. Got it. Um, but when I was there, they had offered up their their venue and, you know, so we, we, we grew like a ton and they had like an AV setup. So when I found out they had an AV setup, this was pre-pandemic. And I was like, I, I'm a huge gamer, super nerd. I'm on Twitch discord all of that stuff to what you said earlier about like how you know the discord stuff i was like i could probably get everybody always wonders about like monetary logistics when you run a meetup like mm-hmm. how do i how do i get people how do i get money from sponsors to get them to fly people in it's mm-hmm. just not that's not realistic mm-hmm. for like a like a conference yeah much more realistic the money is there mm-hmm. for a meetup like nobody wants to give you more than like you know food and and, and a venue if they have some to. tacos give you some tacos i was a big <laughs> pizza and Lacroix. Uh, okay so when i when i started reacted i was like okay i bet you i could get people to call in and give talks mm-hmm. and if i get people to call in i'll do one 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 we'll do philly remote philly and so i'll bring these big names this is actually one of the first times i reached out to jason That's really smart mm-hmm. one of the first times i reached out to jason langstorff now he's like a, an older brother to me, like yeah, mentor, awesome. and he'll never admit that he is, but he is. Um, <laughs> I reached, he was one of the first I reached out to, and I was like, people will show up to see Jason yeah. and see all of these Philly talents at, at the same time. And I I think by the end of Reactadelphia, we had gotten close to 40, 50 people jobs, nice. uh, either in the city or outside of the city. And like awesome. to me, like that's not a huge number, but that's like, that's huge. shoo! That's a great thing. That is what I wanted. And that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to revive Reactadelphia, because I now that I'm established as far as I need to be, sure. how do I find, like I, I had to take a break because I, I got to a point where I really wanted to grow my career and I didn't know how to juggle everything. Mm-hmm. And so now I think that I and have the pandemic happened too. I'm the sure pandemic that happened. Help. And well, the pandemic actually boosted a lot of what I did into why I started to become so busy. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, because you were smart enough to have already gotten the remote angle in there pre pandemic. It exactly. sounds right. like, which totally. were like really like people who were already in a position to go remote whenever had to go remote were like, 
light frantic. years ahead of everyone else. Yeah, and then everyone else was frantic. Yeah, exactly. Like, like having, and so everyone's coming to me like, oh, we we heard about Reactadelphia. We've seen the Discord. Like, do you, could could you do that for us? And so I did. Uh, Kirk Kempel got me in on GraphQL Summit. I, that was my first like remote conference that I had helped with. Yep. So I built the Discord for that, um, and they actually ended up moving their DX team to the Discord, which was pretty cool. Um, and then I had done a couple of contracts here and there with a couple of companies. I did uh, Orbit. I moved their B2B Slack over to a Discord. I made a, a tweet recently, and if you are still running your community on Slack, you are doing your community a disservice. <laughs> and I know yeah. what you're going to say. I've heard all of your arguments already. Like, I understand you're comfortable where you are. But it, it, it's not about you. And and you may say, oh, well, my community won't move over. They they are used to Slack. Would you include um, support in that? Um, community support. <clears throat> I think that that really is up to. So like when I was at Netlify, mm -hmm. Netlify support was definitely not excited to do more asynchronous non-forum support mm -hmm. inside of a, a, a like a live channel like a Discord. Mm -hmm. And I actually totally respect that because it's like. I think that people in this industry are so entitled that they want, there's a difference between wanting to get help and asking for it and waiting for it and demanding, demanding help <laughs> yeah. and being, True. and being, and, and then publicly talking shit on X company or X person yeah. for taking a day to answer you. Yeah. And so like I, that happens so, and I like, mean, so every, I, it doesn't matter. And yeah. I don't think community should be necessarily support. Like you can do support in community, but like it's, if a community is only support, then you're support. You're not really a community. Right. Well, so True. it's funny though. I think I have a, I have a probably a hot take on this is that nobody wakes up in the morning, grabs their fresh cup of Joe and it's like, damn, I can't wait to talk about my day inside of your company Discord. <laughs> like, nobody. I don't care. Like, yeah, yeah, can you get to a point where, like, technical conversations are happening that are, like, surrounding your, your product? Sure. Mm. Can there, like, can you build engagement that has nothing to do with your product? Kind of. Like, really, like, most of your time, once you open up a company Discord, is going to be spent doing a pseudo support. Yeah. Even as a totally. DevRel, like you're going to be doing, like you're going to be answering questions. Like uh, when I got to Zeta, that was like I slimmed down the channels. I made it to like, you know, two to three extra like fluff channels of, of if you want to have conversation, this is where we can have it. Mm -hmm. But like I focused in, I changed over to the forums UI, which, you know, if you're not there yet, I, I think it's a, a super good move to. The forums UI does kind of change it because that allows their, the two can it, exist it's long living. kind of in next to each other. Yeah, yeah. It, it becomes a, a, a split space yeah. for, for that type of thing. And I think, you know, it. it I like am working on it right now. And I, I did it at the uh, Nullify for the Jamstack community. Um, like I love the, the API is terrible, but I love that I can use the API to scrape the forums so that. You know, a lot of the, a lot of the pushback that I get from teams is like, well, there's no SEO discoverability for for answers to, to questions. And like, now there's ways around that. Now there's ways around that. Yeah. You can literally scrape every forum to a, a site, set up your keywords, and you're off to the races. What do you think, though, about people who like technically Discord is a public space, but some people don't necessarily go to it thinking that? Do you do you feel like you need to kind of alert people to yeah, let them know you'll be scraping? Yeah, I think like that's like should be right up front in your but like. This is the sad part of like ignorance to platforms is like once you've joined a space like that, like <laughs> this is why when people argue with me about Slack, I'm like, dude, good luck trying to fight me on this. You own everything 
when you join a Slack. You can see every when you're admitting. You can see people's DMs. You can see yeah. people's DMs. Like that alone you're, is you're so really weird skeevy. for wanting mm-hmm. that to. And you may yeah. not use that. I'm not gonna say everybody that uses Slack is like this weird like overlord searching over your shoulder. <laughs> but, it's but it's always there. But it's there, yeah. dude. Yeah. And like you know, the moderation is, isn't as granular. And I think that's an important piece. People don't. People again. This is like a, a difference between are you doing this for your community or are you doing this for you and yourself? Oh, dude, that is so deep because I, I continue to say that like even like just in my job, whatever, I'm like, look, it can't, you know, if you're, if you're really wanting to focus on community period, right. It's not about, um, you almost should leave your company out of it. Yeah. It's not about me, me, me. It's about we, 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 right. And providing value. Like so many places that I've worked, so many places that I've contracted with or just given advice to Like I don't, you don't always have to pay me. I'm happy to shout my, my opinions at you wherever. Right. But the, the big problem that a lot of, companies have when they want to set up these community wherever it is whether it's slack or forums or whatever they they want to extract way more immediately than than yep. is necessary mm-hmm. and dude it is going to take you i i try to explain this to leadership at a lot of places yep i could have seven thousand people in my discord and if only three people are engaged it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter yeah <laughs> it does that is not people always uh ask for month over month growth of a discord and I think that that's a fine line of like fluff data. Like, oh yeah, you know, if I went from a thousand to two thousand, at least people are knowing about the product. That that's a cool point, right? Yeah. But that a doesn't mean they're a customer. Uh-uh. B they probably joined and never came back. Yeah, you know, yeah, this is one on like fifty one Discord links yeah. on their sidebar, yeah. which is a big muted. gripe. Oh my god, yeah. I have such a gripe with Discord. The there I I uh, talk about this a lot. The inbox UI on discord no could, change, <laughs> could change discord if they made it a mainstay feature of the yeah. platform yeah like it's it's up in the top right corner it's a little like inbox like icon mm-hmm. and it only stays a popover you can't full screen it you can't like there's not even a way in the api to access it i've tried to to find what that looks like mm. um but if you could have that like what it, what it allows you to do for for people who don't know and, and maybe this will help you you know slim down your discords a bit if you go into you can mute full servers but that actually is like a negative impact because you won't you won't know unless you go to the server that that things are happening yeah, it's a guarantee you're just gonna forget the server. you're gonna forget the server yeah. i do it all the time i'm on discord like habitually and i still like can't keep up with the many servers that i'd, I'd love to mm-hmm. um but if you go into individual channels uh you can mute categories but you can also mute channels and when you mute channels That's you can hide channels yeah. which actually just came out with a new onboarding flow that lets you opt in or opt out like everything was always opt in before mm-hmm. um and that was one of the big differences between slack, slack and discord, and, and, discord. Exactly. and i kind of like that people would always be in all the channels and then have to opt out sure. of channels because then they at least start by seeing everything where slack you usually join and if you don't go into the channel list and yeah. scroll through 500 channels yeah. you onboarding is bad there. on both platforms i think i yeah, think discord is, is trying to figure yeah. it out um, but I think it's going to still take them a little bit of trial and error because it's just like it is true. It, it, they, they're coming from a get. I've used TeamSpeak. I've used like all of these previous platforms that gamers would use to communicate while they were gaming. Like I've used all of these. Mm-hmm. And now that's that was Discord. And so that's why it was already kind of community focused. It already. But everyone's like, well, it's a, it's a joke platform. It's for gamers. It's not for professionals. I'm like, should you be adopting Discord at work for your channel communication? No. Should you be using it for every external communication you have? Yeah, most likely. What are your thoughts on old school just forums? Do you still a place for that? Yeah, again, like this goes back to like what your support team is is comfortable with. Like forums, like discourse, 
you know, are, are still very usable platforms. Like I, I, still I like think, this course because then that also going back to the SEO, it's, like, a, it's built in. People will Google things like you Google like Redwood Railway, you'll yeah. find like a Discord thing I've written about it. Yeah. You know, like top on top on Google. And that's I I think like there is I'm excited to see. I, I'm going to release the thing that I that I put together for for Reacted Alpha and for Zeta uh, open source. Basically, what I want to do is I want to. Uh, the, the APIs for Discord are really annoying where you have to unravel each uh, forum message. So you have to unravel all of the forum messages and then do an API call for each message. So it like hits rate limits really quickly. Um, so basically what I'm going to do is like a daily cron that scrapes it into Zeta. And then now I have like an actual individualized place that I have to call from that I control. And uh, what that also gives you power to do is for events. When you do an event in Discord, I think that's one of actually the coolest things, events and stages in Discord, which are underutilized right now. Definitely. Um, one of the cool things is that, you know, you have them, but you don't, once an event happens, it's gone. There's no like uh, history of your event anymore. And also attendee count doesn't really mean anything. Like interested is a, is a uh, feature of an event, but you have no idea if interested showed up. You have no idea mm, what yeah. that looks like or, yeah. or who and ended some up. Some of the events, they are like a discord event. Some of them is just like uh, Go a to Twitch, this Twitch thing. Channel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which I like, I like that they allow for external platform events and that, but now what you'll do is like, I'll scrape with those forum messages. I will also scrape all of my events and now again have like past events past attendees who who showed up now this also gives my support team so like zeta is built on top of elastic so like we have really good fuzzy search capabilities built in keyword search semantic search all built into the platform for some reason i had been thinking zeta was like a postgres or something so we are built on postgres but we also we use like kafka and then it sends out to uh our elastic instance so they basically our founders uh come from a lot of our team actually comes from elastic um, so they have like pretty deep knowledge on on how important search is and, and what that looks like. So when it's built like right into your database, like I mean, how many people reach for Algolia, right? Like you you end up having to. Yeah, but that's those that's huge because you know there's, there's so many Postgres providers out there these days. Something yep. like that. That's something you should really harp on. Yeah, and I think I think we actually do a, a pretty good job of like if you go to the website, like that's like a pretty mainstay. Uh, feature that we we talk about but you know without shilling any more of the product i think for me it's not man i want to learn more about zeta (laughs) yeah it's it's really cool you know it's funny i'm not a big db expert so like coming here i I actually got to like be customer zero which was really dope and i think that every developer experience engineer out there dx or devrel whatever the hell you call yourself uh, be customer zero first. Um, you're, Great way to add value. You're going to yeah, find totally. so much holes and everybody, you know, we, we can get into like what DevRel is to me. But, you know, one of the biggest things that I think is underutilized for DevRel is that and this is from a leadership perspective, too, as I think everybody looks at a DevRel like they're just like these public shills that have to talk about, you know, the the, the product in public. Um, you do much better as a uh, a pseudo bug finder like you yeah. i want to f- when i join a company my biggest goal uh when i first start and i'm only four months in four months into to zeta right now um is to find what sucks like what is the worst pieces and start to work with engineering and 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 give them that feedback and and find a way to 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 a like let them know in a way that isn't disrespectful because it's like you can't just come and be like hey this sucks fix it yeah, you have like to come with something. Just submit every user before it shows up and says all your uh, last dude, years of work is crap. This. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and things happen in a way that aren't really moldable after a certain amount of time. So like, yeah, uh, you lack context, which is both good and bad. Sure, sure. Because you can say like, okay, I don't have any context, and so this is hard to do. And they need to know that. But at the same time, there may be a reason why they already knew that and had to make X Y decision. Sure. When you build a product for so long, you are no longer a user of the product. 
and that disconnects you uh, totally from you, there's even if sides. you even if you dog food it right like even if as an engineering team you find ways to dog food your product you are still an advanced user yeah you are no longer you don't remember what it was like seeing <laughs> what onboarding looks like yeah you are no longer see, you understand exactly what to do where to do it and how yeah and that's where dx value comes in for me is that like especially someone who comes in contextless has such an, a, a great view of the onboarding ramp. And that's why certain yeah. teams should, in my opinion, should report to DX or at least be really adjacent and connected. Totally. Um, is because it, it allows you to kind of like deploy that value in a way that your team probably has. What is time. DX under in Zeta? Uh, so this was my decision. Um, when I came in, it, it was its own uh, like vertical. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is how it should be. Okay. Uh, at every place. And that's how it still is? No. Or? So I decided um, I I wanted to make sure that there was a like really deep connection between our team and engineering. Mm -hmm. I've worked at places that that is not the case. I've worked at places where it is the case and it's still hard. Um, I chose to be under product. So we're a fully engineering staffed company. Like we don't have marketing yet. We don't have like growth or anything like that. So we're really engineering led. And, and that's a good thing because that means you get like really great uh, features really fast, but it also puts you into a position where you don't really understand what it looks like when it lands, right? Or or how to circle back to it. Uh, Alex, who is the head of product at uh, Zeta, is one of my favorites. Like I really enjoy working with him, and he doesn't treat me like like he's my boss, but he is my boss. Um, he treats me like I'm his equal. He comes to me as such. We, you know, we brainstorm all the time, and it makes it so you know, we have a deeper connection towards product engineers. We, we now are building a relationship that when we eventually do end up breaking off, like my goal is to get VP eventually and you run my own vertical again, but it, it allows you the time while we're small to really affect the culture. And that is the biggest problem I've seen at every company that I haven't worked at too, is that culture demands very specific things from DX mm. or DevRel, which a lot of places still call it. Mm -hmm. And usually that's content machines. And sure, like, are we the best suited to make content? hundred percent. Should there be times where we focus specifically on like providing content? Yeah. Is it all our function should be? No, you're underutilizing your team. If you're hearing this and you're, you're feeling some type of way, look in the mirror. It's probably you. Um, yeah, I think DevRel or developer experience <laughs> to me is it. is the should be as cross-functional as possible and this is a lot of question of what and you are what dude. is under is really hard because you are gonna be part marketing part product part engineering it's like you, you, you can't really touch more teams than have anyone else you touch yeah, more totally teams true. than anyone else and that's also why you end up being a great zero with user and you end up being a great yep. advocate because you can see the big picture it's why you burn out too yes oh, nobody yeah. nobody you're understands in, in other verticals yeah. why that happens so mm -hmm. fast and why the the devrel superstars like end up going to run their own things eventually because mm -hmm. a you <laughs> spend it all <laughs> well you spend a lot of time being told no for ideas that too. you spend a lot mm -hmm. of time uh, caring about something more than a lot of other people do because you're so cross-functional and you spend a lot of time juggling. I, I tell everybody the, the hardest part of, of being in DevRel is that you don't take a ticket, complete it, and move on. You take a ticket and turn it into five tickets and then juggle those tickets and explain the value of those tickets and then get denied for three of the four or three of the five of those tickets. And then you have to take those two that did get approved and put all of your your, your love and your your you know attention into it. And so I think it's just, it's really easy to burn out because it has so much context switching and no other team 
no other team as actively works so cross-functionally as a, as a DevRel team does, in my opinion. Also, people with ADHD do so well in it, I think. Welcome to my life. <laughs> yeah, no, I know so many DevRels with ADHD. With ADHD. Talk about, yeah, it's a very common thing, it seems like. I think that the, the context switching is, is part of why that seems to be a, a type That's of been our headspace whole life. that really... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, Definitely. Totally. So I'd be curious to dig in on one of the things you said. You know, we always talk about adding value, you know, uh, and with with the community specifically, not mm. not necessarily DevRel, but when you have a community, when you have a Discord, when you mm. have this space, like you talked a little about support, how that could be adding value. What sure. what other ways does a community act? How do you actually add value to your community without extracting value? Yeah, so I think this really comes down to what your product is. Um, you really have to think about, you know, if you're like, we're like, a, I'll speak from experience, right? Like we're a database provider, right? And so for us, like we fit into most stacks and we fit into most frameworks. And, and so that gives us a really unique position to be able to start doing education around those things. And it's still impacting users for our platform. So like me, like right now, uh, shout out to Attila. He's been doing a, a he's he's one of our senior DXers. He's been doing a ton of content just around like next server actions and and what that's going to look like with databases and and teaching about React server components and and like a lot of companies would be like that's not bringing me like immediate value. So like don't yeah. why aren't you putting out videos strictly on our database? And like we're still in there. Like right when when he does a server action, he he does his ADA call and and you know sure. you can you can see what it looks like. But he is also teaching people the value of this new architecture that Next is coming out with. And, 100%. and so I think that is a way to add value is to still focus deeply on education. Um, and it always Love isn't going to, it that's, isn't going to, it isn't going to convert all the time. Things right? I do. It's, it's, it's not going to be the thing that suddenly brings you a hundred enterprise users, right? Like no. and that's, it's that's hard to measure the impact. It's I mean, most, I, I think that's another big problem for DevRel is that we actually, because we're so cross-functional, we hit, we hit goals for other teams, but you can't track what that looks like because you're like a you're like the alley oop, you're the assist, and so like I can be like, oh, I assisted in doing this, but what did that translate to? I'm 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 unsure because I I was only one fifth of the process, right? And so trying to extract uh, monetary value as a devrel is why you see devrels get cut often yeah. because they don't. They look back and they go, well, marketing made me this, sales made me this, engineering made me this. Yeah, what did DevRel do for DevRel me? DevRel made me content. Yeah. And it's like, no, that's unfair. And that's why every, like we we're talking about community, um, it, dude, you're never going to get a month and be excited about what happened. You're, you're going to get six months. You're going to get a year. And then you're going to look back and you're going, oh, wow. Like we, we built a lot of things in a year. But it takes that year to see any of that impact come full circle. Um, so value education. Um value events in your ecosystem. Um, it doesn't all have to be about you. And we talked about this uh, a while ago with the Jamstack. We, we used mm -hmm. to talk Jamstack all yeah, the time. For sure. Yeah, I, was, I, was, I was like so hyped because I was someone who was actually asking for a Jamstack Discord before you showed up. Yep, yep. And so like, you know, when I when I got there, it was like, you know, from to me, and, and, you know, they may not hold the same value still for it, but I was like, people know that the Jamstack is is Netlify, right? Like we, yeah. it's a known fact that that they are synonymous in, in the way mm -hmm. that they are marketed. And to that, um, there are also a ton of companies who rely on that term for their own marketing. Mm -hmm. And so what I tried to do, and and I think actually worked out really well, was let me go to all of these other companies and boost whatever events they're having, 
and just put their events in my discord and just put, put, you know, uh, let them come and, and teach people stuff that have nothing to do specifically with Netlify sometimes or, and most of the time they would because they would deploy it to Netlify. So it all like yeah. kind of worked mm -hmm. out in the end, but the rising tide when you're in an ecosystem like Jason we are. was really good at when he was working there and he mm -hmm. would, you know, have people come on and he would kind of work Netlify a little bit into his learn with Jason, yeah. but it would just be like a tiny, but sliver. it was never forced. And it was, yeah. it, and it's something like it always felt natural because he would use it without working there. He still does. Like uh, he's not at Netlify anymore as a full-time employee. Like, he still uses Netlify for his sites. He, this is great. He, Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it's like, and it's like you look at Kent Dodds with the remix stuff, and that was like a huge thing, right? Like, do you only like remix because you work there? And like, no, I, I watched him love remix before joining yeah, remix. He still and, runs a whole freaking conference, and now he's <laughs> right. gone, and he's still and he's still involved. And so I don't know. I, I think it's just really easy to to look at a, a bubble online and and just believe whatever you hear. But it's easy to be cynical. It's easy to be cynical, and it's also like. So many companies do things that try to extract value from you. So yeah, it's true. like mm -hmm. you yeah. do have to be a little bit apprehensive and, and put up yeah, you know, it's like, some Oh, you're guards. an ethical company? Really? And then <laughs> most of them aren't, dude. And, not, and like, do you take VC money? Are you ethical anymore? Who knows? Um, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's because you get to a point uh, where, like, so no matter how ethical you are, you need to make them their money back. Uh, yeah. And true. to do that, you have to do things that I wouldn't say are unethical. No. But you have to do things you that. You have to optimize for a certain goal. For extracting yep. value. You Absolutely. have to find a way to finally, like, it, it doesn't matter how much value I can put in at a company. I, at some point, have to extract some value back. Mm -hmm. um, so rising tide uh, of your ecosystem, I think, is another really good way to, to provide value to not only your community, but to the, the companies that you'd be adjacent with. Mm -hmm. um, and then I think, like, some of the companies that I think have done the best for community uh, have figured out really good ways in which their community like to interact. And that usually is a thread about how they're doing or a thread about the technologies they're using, like engaging them daily in ways that they can engage back with you and not making them feel like they have to be the first engager. Uh, really helps kind of build that like engagement trust, um, which I think like mm. growth doesn't matter. Engagement does to me. I'd rather have 500 members with 400 members talking oh, than yeah. 100,000 members with 10 members talking, 20 members talking. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I, I think I, I like to optimize community strategy around. That's why I like using Orbit to, to track engagement because they do this really good idea of like cross-platform identity. Um, where like yeah. from your YouTube to your GitHub to your yep. LinkedIn to your uh, Discord, you're one person. Yeah, you want the God mode. Yeah, and you yeah, well I just get to see like, oh, this person is like across five of our platforms and helping people. Like we need to be providing them value because they are doing this for free. And that's what I think a lot of the time happens is you know, you build these like ambassador programs and and like you don't really do that much for them. You send them a swag box and like you're off to the race. But that's just more stuff for you to extract value. Mm. So like I think, you know, when, when I was at Cloudinary and uh, Tessa and, and I would, would discuss like. She's awesome. Yeah, and she's amazing. I, I love her to death. She, we would discuss like there's it's really hard to get swag for people that that actually provides value. So we would do like when when it was during the pandemic uh, and the Cloudinary ambassadors, we would like reach out to them and be like, what streaming equipment do you need? Oh wow, that's dope. you know how do we how do we get it so that you can create content? And yeah, w would we love if you created content for Cloudinary? For sure. Right. If you don't like, you know, that's fine. But like, you're in the program for that reason. You want to. Yeah. Um, and like, you would see the look on their faces, like, and and especially like you would you would be working with people who just don't have the means. And so like, mm -hmm. oh yeah, we'll buy you this this Yeti mic, and like, yeah, that's a hundred dollars to to us who you know are sitting here with short mics and and know what like good production looks like. What happened with Redwood? What do you mean? Oof. 
but uh, Tom bought me a camera. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tom bought me like a two thousand dollar camera because he was watching me on um, JavaScript Jam. Yeah, back in the day, he was like, "Bro, you need some better production value. Let me send you a two thousand dollar camera Isn't for that awesome? free." <laughs> and it's like that obviously is a, like a large purchase. That's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's he's a large also, purchase. Like, he's a billionaire. Sure, right. sure, sure. Like, well, so are these. So are these companies. But, sure, um, you know, you offer them this like this like tiny setup. And it like changes things for them. Right? Oh heck yeah! Um, and so you know, and that I, gets you hyped up to like make that content. Dude, you feel better about the content you're creating. And then like people are like, "Where'd you get that stuff?" Rising tide lifts all boats. Love, like, lifts all boats, man. Yeah. And then they're like, "Where'd you get this stuff?" And you're like, "Dude, I was a part of the Cloudinary Ambassador program." And they, you know, they hope you want to join. There you go. And and so uh, yeah, I don't know. Every company can't mm. do it. I get it. And and. Not every company is there yet, but um, flywheel. It's like how do you get the fly? That's where the VCs come in. <laughs> yeah, see, yeah, that's man. one thing I really loved about you know I always I bring this company up so much, but the, they did such an amazing job. It, it ClickFunnels, yes, ClickFunnels. Like seriously, I'm not even kidding, dude. I can bring this up in every conversation. It doesn't matter. It always always pertains to the conversation. So like they they do an amazing job at um, their. Uh, ambassadors okay they actually they're affiliates though right and they have a process um even even actually their customers uh, of making them giving them spotlight mm -hmm. right and they do it with i love that with too their, customer spotlight oh hell yeah spotlights are another huge way to provide value back yeah funnel hacking live is yeah. this huge event they do every year and it it's like five thousand people now every time. Yeah, that's yeah, awesome. and they sell it out every single time. Yeah, right. Um, and they have some amazing speakers and stuff, whatever. But they also freaking highlight the the people that are using their yeah. software. And yeah. they they the only thing they're making money off of, by the way, they're not making money off of how much you make. Mm. They're just making money off of you paying them one ninety seven or two ninety seven a month, mm. right? Um, and um. That's it. <laughs> and so the beautiful thing is they're celebrating how much you're making, though. Like if you hit a million dollars in your funnel, that you get a two comic club award. Oh, right. Cool. And you get it on stage at Funnel Hacking Live. That's dope. Right. And they 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 freaking have like 20 of these a week. Celebrating by your community. Like, yeah, this was um, a big. And they gave out free swag. They don't make you pay for it. And also the swag is phenomenal. That is another big, big, You big, have to big have thing, something man. that you want to wear. I understand that all companies can't be spending hundreds of thousands on no, swag. But uh, don't buy shirts if they're going to be crap. It, like It goes a long way. We get shirts all the time. Like, it is a, like, uh, that's a whole other thing. A whole other rabbit hole. Yeah. But either way, I'm just saying, <laughs> they, they do a great job at, spy, you know, spotlighting, spotlighting the, the customer. And then as far as, like, their affiliates, right, they're, um, they, they do a really amazing job with that too. Like they, they have, it's kind of like, you know, like direct marketing or network marketing companies, sure. how they're like, Oh, if you hit this level or you do these amounts of things, then you get uh, a free car or whatever. Right. right. Well, click funnels has like a program like that where they'll pay for your car. Uh, if you hit, you know, so many, uh, people that you're bringing in or whatever, but it's not just about that. It's also just highlighting them, uh, from other different angles too. Not, it doesn't have to be that big. Right. Sure. But, so anyway, no, I think, yeah. yeah, I think you're totally right. It's like... They did a really great job of that. Creative ways It to, built 60 70% of their company. <laughs> yeah, cre creative way. Well, see, this is where I... Other I people. A lot of companies right. are always like, we're community-led growth. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. Yeah. It's you, a really hard thing to actually be. <laughs> well, dude, it's just because, like, you... ClickFunnels crushed it. <laughs> you, you don't... They you, did PLG, too, though. You right? don't do enough for customers that don't pay. Yeah. And that's where I know if your community like growth or not. You mm. you what you what you treat non-paying customers like is how I is how I judge you. Yes, do you want them to become paying customers? Yes. 
but how do you support them to get there? Mm. How do you, how do you, you know, they come in with a, an idea, right? See, what does that look like? That, that's a big difference between say like um, SaaS and then the SaaS developer world. Yeah. So like SaaS focused developer world versus SaaS direct consumer world or B2B, whatever, um, non-developer world um, is, is the fact that uh, there are usually no like free tiers for the most part for that mm -hmm. stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Like ClickFunnels, right. there's no free tier. It's like 14 day free trial, sure. 30 day free trial. <laughs> yeah, we, but, we have like huge free. I, I I think that's also like, that's one of the cool things about- well, that's more PLG focused though, right? That's more PLG, yeah. exactly. And so like, I think this is just like, every company now that sees successful developer communities suddenly now is like, let's hire a community person. Like, let's get them in. And then like, we're gonna grow this massive community overnight. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> right. <laughs> A, you're gonna hire a community person. You're gonna want them more from them. You're gonna you're yep. gonna make them yeah. juggle. The burnout. You're gonna make them juggle. Yep. And you're gonna want to see them do this, that, and the third. And you're not gonna tell them that up front. You're gonna say, "Oh no, just do the community." I've seen it time and time again. I've seen them burn out time and time again. And I've seen them leave and go and do anything else. Mm. You know how many devrels I talk to now that are like ready to go back to engineering <laughs> because it's it is singular focus. It is I get the thing. I do the thing. Yeah. I move on to the next thing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I've been, I've been fighting an idea with a lot of different places. Uh, I think one of the things missing from a DevRel organization is a solid TPM. Technical project manager. Mm -hmm. So your job when you do DevRel is not only to be the executor, mm -hmm. but also the strategist, mm -hmm. also the planner, mm -hmm. also the project creator, the tracker, and the follow through. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I, oh my god, I could talk so much yeah. about this because that's when I, when I started at StepZen. Mm -hmm. It was you know a small company, and like they wanted me to be the entire like you're saying all of those things. An and org. It was my first time even doing DevRel. An org. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And a lot of people get into DevRel and maybe they're seniors or, or something and it's their first time doing DevRel. And so they know how to execute on things, but it's not like they're, they're good at, you're going to get told no a ton of times. You're going to yeah. deal with a lot of politics. You're going to, yeah. like, there are so much more than just the doing of the job. And the strategy is much harder than people think. It's like, you can create Ooh. content. It's like, anyone can create content and can come up with a thousand content. Right. Ideas, but is it the right content? Yeah. And should you be doing content? Does that need to be the focus at this moment? Yeah. Like, do I need to be talking about the product yet? Are we there? Mm -hmm. That is an important question to be asking, and I will fight that fight. Yeah, like, so you I, could be putting out content for a product that's not even good yet. Dude, I tell people every time, every interview I've ever taken, and, and this is why I've gone through a ton of interviews. <laughs> um, and I have, and I, 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 I always keep interviewing forever, even if I'm really satisfied with the company. You should just to, be. Just to see, A, like what are other companies still valuing me as? Not well, even monetarily, but staying like... Staying on your toes, dude. But Sorry, like, but like what, do you, what do you think I am? Like, what yeah. do you think I I do and that helps me a if I ever have to work with that company as a as a partner or if I ever do want to go work for that company um, but the the big kind of misstep that a lot of these companies have is that they have no understanding that the level of juggling that they're going to ask from you also exists outside of all of the strategy and planning that you have to do to get there and you almost have to be like strategic and planning on the run right Cool. Um, we're getting close to the hour. I think we need to we can talk meet our next yeah. um, guest soon. So we totally. we'll probably start wrapping it Love up that. here. Um, let our listeners know. Or um, any final thoughts before we start closing it out? Um, if you're hiring for DevRel, be more upfront about your expectations. Mm. Uh, if you're running a community, provide more value. Um, 
if you see me, come and talk to me. Uh, if you want to ask me questions, DM me. Like I am Dude, an open he's book. He's a good time. I, I'll yeah, literally, sure. as you see, we just had to wrap me up because I will literally babble on. <laughs> I would love forever. to go for another. I would love to go for another hour. But, um, yeah, well, find me. Find me again. We'll do. I'd love to do more. I'd love to do more. I love talking to you guys. Totally. Do you um, do Twitter Spaces much? Um, so I like in my transition to like leadership have moved away from the doing of things for the most part. I mean, just like showing up just like in your own time. Do I show up to them? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. And I actually want to get, like I said, I actually want to get back to, I want to do my stream again. I I miss streaming. Cool. I miss doing things. Um, you know, you get so wrapped up in like moving your career forward that Mm -hmm. sometimes you lose the, the fun stuff that you used to do. I know that. And I I miss the fun stuff. So I'd like to get much more involved in things. So let's do some fun stuff. Let's do some fun stuff together. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Uh, oh, try Zeta out and let me know what you think. Like, yes. I and then, uh, I really am excited to to see more of the community trying it and tell us what you think sucks, right? Like, I I'm open. Zeta.com. Zeta dot x a t a dot io. Dot io. Zeta. Zeta. Yeah, whatever you want to call it. Six letter domain. Whatever you call it, come find us. We're the Discord is is a great place for us. DM me if you have any issues. Um, and then you want to talk about community. You want to talk about discords. Find me twitter.com slash Demetrius Clark. I'm that on every platform. Um, I, I'm an open book. I, I love to talk to the community. So um, thanks y'all so much for having me. I really, I really enjoyed this. Thank yeah, you. Thank really you great so talking much. with you. Peace. Yeah. We'll see you. <laughs> on the next one. On the next JavaScript jam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. It's great. Oh,